family-owned shop in Loganville, Sosby's Garage, for all your automotive repair needs. We service all makes and models, Ford and domestic. We repair engines, alternators, brakes, alignments, AC systems, and more, using certified technicians with over 90 years of combined experience. We also offer same-day service for some repairs. Sosby's Garage, 200 Bay Creek Road in Loganville. Dependable, honest, and fair. Look us up on Google or Facebook. We'll take good care of you. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strawn, the president of Paradigm Security Services. We're excited to be with you today on Business Radio X. We're broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, located in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. In addition to Paradigm Security Services, show is also brought to you by Sosby's Garage, and you heard a little clip from them just a minute ago. They are looking for a good certified mechanic. They are really in need. Their business is growing like crazy because they're so honest, and they need some good people working for them. On every show, we feature businesses and organizations in the Atlanta area and people, especially those that serve Gwinnett County. While all businesses may have some kind of security issues, not all are about physical security, and we will touch on that and other related aspects of security as we go through the course of our shows. I want to, you know, today there's so much talk about uh, politics. Uh, you got that election coming up soon. You got November coming up. Running on our local elections is really the cornerstone of it. And we've got a lot of people out here that are really good running for office. And I try to help them out by just giving them an opportunity to come on and tell you all what they think and what how they would work with the issues. Great today. I've got uh, a friend and a fellow uh, businessman in the county, Matthew Holdcamp. And uh, he is running for the Gwinnett County Commissioner, District 4. Matthew, good to have you here. Well, good morning, Rick. I keep I'm wanting to, to call here. you Matt because that's just what I do. And uh-huh. and I, you keep correcting me because I notice every time I talk to you, you say, this is Matthew. Matthew, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, one of the biggest things that a lot of people, you know, they might know the name, but they pro- I don't know if they really know the person. So in kind of a brief synopsis, who is Matt Holtkamp? Matthew well, Holtkamp. Matthew Holt, well, I'm a, I'm a Buford resident. I'm a, a dad. I'm a, I'm a husband of, of a crazy redhead wife, Suzanne. Um, you know, I just uh, love this community. I'm, I just was drawn here uh, when I was 19 years old. But uh, Matthew Holtkamp, I'm a, I'm a very independent, con- competitive business owner, heating and air contractor. You know, it's a very uh, crowded space out there in my world. Yes, it is. And so when I was first getting started, um, was extremely competitive in those early years. Now I'm, I'm much more of a, of a helper, I would say. You know, I, I like to uh, find the younger businesses and, and help them get through some of those early hoops because uh, I think it benefits everybody. And, it, and I've learned that it benefits the industry. If I could turn back the pl- clock, I would probably not be quite so 
um, darn competitive and be a little more helpful. Yeah. But I'm trying to make up for that now. I serve on the, the state construction industry licensing board. Uh, just had a board meeting this morning, and you just try to help people get their licenses, uh, you know, get get all their ducks in a row so that they can get properly licensed. And I can tell you from having to be a license with the state myself, and I've had uh, my family history was in the, the plumbing industry. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you when you have to go through that state board, you got all the boxes to check and all the certs to get, and mm-hmm. it can be a challenge. Uh, sometimes you just get yeah. lost in all the paperwork. Right. So it's great that you're willing to help them. Right, and it, it helps the citizens. They they probably don't recognize that as much, but to have properly licensed businesses that are doing everything honestly, ethically, and safely. You know, that's a big part of licensing is that everything's done safely. Absolutely. You know, when's the last time you heard of someone dying from carbon monoxide poisoning in Georgia? You know, it's it's because we have a really strong licensing program here. It's usually that, when they're sitting in their car, not their house. <laughs> yeah, not their house. I can't even remember the last time that's happened. And they've had licensing ever since I've got in the business. Well, you know, it's, it's great to bring people along. I know one of the... Yeah, uh, I know you come from like what Iowa. Yeah, Iowa. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how you got to Georgia? Yeah, so um, grew up on a farm, and uh, in 1984, when I graduated high school, at the time we were in the middle of a farm crisis, and so I knew I didn't want to be a farmer, <laughs> but I knew that you had to have a trade that you had to, you know, find some direction, and so we had a fairly close community college called Indian Hills. It was in Ottumwa, Iowa. So the same day that I left to go to uh, college, which they had dorms there, uh, was the same day that our farm was lost to a bank. We were, we, we, my family had to move out of the house the same day I was moving out to go to college. Gosh. And so that was very tough times. But, um, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today if it, I hadn't gone through that because it wasn't just that one day event. It was four years leading up to that and just living off of food stamps and living on nothing and watching every penny I think was really what made me as successful as I am today because I learned how to how to use money wisely and think you know, about it and work from the ground up yeah I mean when you when I would be balancing my checkbook it would be down to the one dollar would be all I'd have left been and, there <laughs> and so talk about learning how to manage money when um, you had to account for every tiny little thing so Anyway, one of my classmates was from Lilburn, Georgia. He had moved when he was like in middle school up to Iowa because his dad got a job up there. And he, had, he was bound and determined to move back down. So I, uh, he was the only person I'd ever met in my life up to that point that was not from Iowa. And so I just <laughs> called him up and said, are there any jobs down here? Because again, back in Iowa, there were no jobs. Uh, the John Deere plant had just closed and they, they were all looking for work. So for a 19-year-old kid, that, they, they didn't want us, you know, they wanted the 40 year old guys yep. who had families to, to, you know, feed. So down I came, they, um, he had, I'd sent a resume to him and, and he gave it to his boss and they hired me. So I had a job here before I'd left Iowa. And so I did that, have that going for me. Well, that, you know, and that's good. You know, I guess, uh, like the plumbing trade, I, I you know, you correct me if I'm wrong, you have, uh, then do you have things like workmen where they're journeymen? Uh, work into the masters and, and all that is that does that happen in you know it's industry? not as specific like in the union world um, but w- like when you get your licensing there's definitely all those same questions are asked that you've gone through those steps and you have to prove that you did 
but we don't have uh, journeyman in it. It's not nearly as structured as plumbing, but yeah. Well, what you do, it doesn't require like a four-year college. It requires right. something uh, more of a of the Gwinnett Tech type industry type college and right. And I think that's a that's a great example because one of the things that you know I think that a lot of kids get lost in is that everybody wants you to go to a four-year school right. and then get four years more. And by the time you put eight, 10, 12 hour, uh, years into the college, mm-hmm. you've got so much debt you can't ever get out of it. Right. And sometimes it gives you a good career. Sometimes it doesn't, you know. So yeah. I think that it's great that, you know, these young people can understand that you can have a great career and maybe even own a company in the heating mm-hmm. and air industry that you don't really have to go to a four-year college and accrue the debt. Right. You can go to work, learn the basics, and then work, go to work for someone like you, right. learn the trade, mm-hmm. and then start working on, on getting it there, getting your license. Yeah, a lot of our license applicants don't have a college, uh, even a technical degree. That's not even really required, but it definitely it, it, uh, makes, it gives you a foundation. I always recommend it because it gives you a solid foundation to build upon. It gives you a little discipline as well. Mm-hmm. You know, going through that and having to do stuff and having timetables and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, you got a lot of things going on for you here. Why in the why in the world would you want to delve into the world of politics? <laughs> I mean, you got a nice business, you got a nice family, you got a nice home, I'm sure. Right. Everything's going great for you. You got the contacts, you're helping people, you really you're rocking in your business. Right. And did you want to go into politics? Well, that's a very good question. My wife would ask me that question a lot I'll bet. in those early <laughs> times. So what the way that it worked was um, the way when my business had grown enough to where I would had worked out all of the um, the policies and procedures and just the day to day. And I was able to step back. I got an operations manager. We finally grew enough to where I could afford a, a guy that would just manage the, the setting out. Make it run. The, yeah, make it run. The Ordering the jobs. All that monotonous time, uh, you know, intensive stuff that was part of that job. And I could st- finally start giving back to the community. What, what did I want to do? And first was at Gwinnett Tech. And so I started serving on the board there. Well, first way that worked was I started giving scholarships. And then they saw that I wanted to be start giving back to young people and then they they invited me to be a part of the board and then they after four years serving on the board they asked me to be the chairman so then I was the chairman for two years and then at at six years I termed off and then it was like well what do I want to do next and that's when I got invited to be on the licensing board I, I was recommended and started giving back to the industry even more so it was all focused on HVAC and giving back and wanting to give opportunities to other young people to own their own business and provide for their families. I mean, just there's so many benefits as, a, as an individual to be able to, to build something for your family mm-hmm. and for your legacy. And so that's really what I was focused on. And then one day I was uh, at the 1818 Club, you know, they have uh, on Wednesday nights, they have that like networking mm-hmm. uh, thing and Sammy Baker was there. So <laughs> if, if you know Sammy Baker. Yeah, I do. <laughs> So I, I, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, and, and I see the Holy Spirit works through all of us, and sometimes it's the most innocuous, innocent conversation that the Holy Spirit can be speaking to you through. And, and that day, Sammy Baker said, Matthew, uh, Gwinnett County needs your help, and, and we need you to get involved in He politics. has a way to convince people to do things that yeah. they don't necessarily know <laughs> they want to do. Right, so a lot of times I'll, I'll share that Sammy Baker is really the reason 
but uh, he invited me to be a part of the Gwinnett GOP. Now, I hadn't knew that it existed I vaguely, maybe once or twice, but because I was so focused in building my business, I really didn't give it a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Gwinnett GOP really needed help um, with more engagement, more, you know, just people to help, just like anything. And so I said, sure, Sammy, whatever you need. He says, well, all right, I'll let you know. And next thing you know, one thing leads to the other. The and next day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, I, but I will say, I truly didn't understand. I was just saying, yes, Sammy, whatever you need, just let me know. You know, because people ask for help all the time. And usually it's just a quick do one or two things and you're helping us. It's the servant's heart. Yeah. And uh, what Sammy really wanted was a long-term commitment. Um, but it, it was all good. And then uh, I got elected to the executive board. And then I saw that, that need for candidates, for people to step forward. And there just aren't as many as you'd think that there are. Well, people nowadays have a problem doing that because everybody has something in their closet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may be small, it may be big, may, may, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And politics has a tendency to where that's all they want to focus on. Yeah. And you know, it people... People that had businesses and careers, a lot of times, they would love to get involved. They do want to get involved, but mm-hmm. they just say, you know, it's not worth it. And it's it's awesome when somebody like yourself says, you know, every bit of it's worth it. Right. So to back up just a little bit, I had a goal that by the time I was 50 years old, I wanted to be financially independent, where if I went to work, it was because I chose to go to work, not because I had to. Mm-hmm. And I had achieved that goal. And so in 2017, I went through Leadership Gwinnett to say, what do I want to do next? Because I, I really didn't have a plan for once I read, met that goal. I, I hate to admit it, I'm a very goal-centric person, but I didn't really know what I was going to do when I hit that, that mm-hmm. mark. Because, uh, you know, you can only vacation so much. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, so I went through Leadership Gwinnett, and I met all the decision makers, all the department heads. We, you know, it's a year-long program. Very great program. Great program. Meet so many people. Yep. And um, 2014 here. Yeah. Um, 2017 was the best class ever. Yeah. As other say. than 2014, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, after I went through leadership, Gwinnett, that's when I started looking more at the county. So when Sammy asked me to do that, it all kind of fell into place. It was it was weird how people said that they they saw my direction was leading towards politics, but I didn't even recognize it until. I got on that executive board and started seeing, and I'm more of a, you got to realize I grew up on a farm in a small area. The nearest town only had 13 population. The next nearest town had a hundred population. And uh, I talk about this on my website where uh, in the small town that the people don't like that everybody knows your business. Yeah. But, but the crazy thing is, is that the good thing about a small town is that everyone knows your business. So when you need help, help is always there because everybody knows when you when you need it so even though i moved to georgia in this big area to me at my heart i i don't feel like i'm here or i'm a resident unless i go to the grocery store and i see somebody i know Mm -hmm. and i'll tell you every time i go to the grocery store i see somebody i know mainly because they're customers you know well you know regardless it's people that you build relationships with, and mm-hmm. that's what business is. You build relationships. That's what right. builds a business. And you are a great relationship builder. So people remember you. You remember mm-hmm. you know, what's the amazing part is you generally remember them. Yeah. So that that's what helps. 
Yeah, probably one of my biggest strategic advantages in this race is that for 25 years, I've marketed primarily to a five zip code area because I always believe that that you shouldn't have to drive all over Metro Atlanta to get business. So we really focused all of our marketing in a five zip code area. Well, ironically, that same area is District 4. That's just, (laughs) God works in mysterious ways, doesn't he? Yeah, so for 20 years, I've been, you know, been in and out of these houses thousands of times, you know. Think about it. For 20 years, I was in the truck running the calls with the guys, doing the training, just constantly out in the community of that same place that I'm representing, you know. Some of the voters, not only that, but the kids of the voters that are now the voters, too. Yeah. They've all grown up knowing who Matthew Holkamp was with the, Ex- the air conditioning guy. Exactly. <laughs> and the hot sauce guy. Yeah, right? the hot sauce guy. That is good hot <laughs> sauce, by the way. We still got a half a bottle. We're running. Oh, by the way, Ed said to tell you he needed some more hot sauce. Okay. Very good. Yes, I'll bring some up. But, but, yeah. but you know, that's the awesome thing is the building relationships. Mm-hmm. And the only way you build relationships is through integrity and through honesty, right. doing what you say you're going to do right. when you say you're going to do it. And that's something that just has a tendency to be very lacking in our political world right now Right, is people with integrity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you coming into it, I think you feel like that you're bringing that back into your, your business. You're, or you're running uh, on that. Right. You know, it's interesting as I look more and more into this commissioner's seat, it ought to, really ought to be a connector, in my opinion, uh, because you're really – it's – you're helping the community. You're bringing people, people that are in need of something. You're like, how? what's the, the key person that can actually solve that problem, whatever it is, if it's traffic or if it's public safety or whatever. You know, you yourself can't personally do that, but you've got to know the people that can. And how to facilitate that. Right, and, and to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think the biggest uh, job of a, commissioner is actually zoning and working with developers and then the homeowners groups that are like fighting against it against the development right or so, for it right or for or against and and you've got to be that middleman that that keeps the conversations calm and and i think i'm pretty good at finds that. the way to meet in the middle right exactly yeah. you know um what, what a concept is you have you thought about uh, <laughs> telling the uh, national politicians about that meet the middle thing <laughs> yeah, re- exactly. One of my leadership Gwinnett classmates, uh, Angela Duncan, she she's uh, heads over divorce court, and she yep. says, Matthew, I'm successful if both people leave equally upset. You yep. know? With the, and, and, and don't kill each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say as a commissioner, your job probably ought to be to make each side equally happy. Yeah. You know. You, yeah, you, we would want to make them equally upset. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Curiosity, you you have kind of a slogan there. It's called People Over Politics. How'd you come up with that? Well, it just so happened that when I was making this final decision, that was right at the time where um, it was almost through the state house on the redistricting lines for the county commissioners. And uh, I had been told by several of my fellow Rotarians that uh, were former commissioners that, you know, Matthew, it's not really Republican or Democrat and the, you know, board of commissioners. It really doesn't. It's, it's way below that. It's more local, you know, zoning stuff. It's not politics. And, um, but then I saw during that process all the politics. It was pretty dirty. Well, there's and, politics in all of it. Yeah. And uh, I was like, wow, 
he was totally wrong. And um, there are a lot of politics in this, and this really should be about people. And and they w- had no representation on the, the conservative side. It was uh, five Democrats, zero Republicans, and they were fighting tooth and nail. The Democrat delegation was just fighting every step of the way, trying to keep conservative um, voices on that board of commissioners. And so I was like, people over politics sounds like uh, really what we need to get to our citizens is that it's not about the politics. We need to go above politics and, and just take care of our community. Well, I think the people are too often forgotten in politics. Right. It's all about the power of the politics. Right, which is what it shouldn't be. Yeah. You know. Who can, what can I do for myself in the long run and my constituents mm-hmm. in, the, in the even longer run? But more important, you know, you should be more about the people that you're trying to serve. What is it they want and how do I best help them? And, right. you, and that's what you've been talking about since we started this thing is you, you enjoy helping people. Right. So it just keys right into to the people over politics. That's, that's, a yep. good, that's a good slogan. So that's where that theme came from. And, and uh, I'm going to stick with it because I, I don't have higher aspirations at, of uh, going further into politics. But, you know, you never, you never know. know. <laughs> you never know what the... Sammy how, hasn't knocked on your door yet again. <laughs> right. You never know how the Holy Spirit might call me. But uh, yeah. for right now, that's kind of where I was trying to go from that... Uh, bringing it back to my small town upbringing it's like i i'm still at at my core a small town kid um that's kind of how i see myself and and when i meet someone i try to meet them one-on-one and just listen to what they what their cares and concerns are and try to bring that back and and i'm I'm always trying to build people up tell them that things are not quite as tough as they are that you can overcome this or that and well, and you're always using that rather interesting, quirky sense of humor you got. <laughs> you're yeah. always you're always getting somebody to laugh, and, yeah. and that's a good thing. We don't laugh enough to tell yeah. you the truth nowadays. That's true, and I think we overcomplicate it and overthink things. Um, you know, as a small business owner, you're about actionable stuff. You know, uh, sometimes you can have uh, uh, I forget the saying, but it's where you can over analyze things to where analysis paralysis. There you go. And so I would rather try something and fail than to not try at all. And that's, that's sort of how I, I would say I've reached this level of success is because I've, I've tried everything, you know, and, and I've, I've just tried to expand on the things that worked. Well, a lot of people will tell you, especially people in business, if you've never failed at anything, you're probably not doing real good in business. Right. Because you, it's, it's a matter of you learn from the mistakes. If you don't try anything and you don't yeah. fail at it, how do you know to try something different? Exactly. How do you know what really works? And I right. don't believe for one second anybody has never tried anything that didn't work. Right. It just it doesn't happen, yeah. especially in business, <laughs> with the way things are thrown at us today. Yeah. What concerns you the most about where our current board is going? Because there's, you know, there's a lot of issues there that could be addressed. Well, I know that they've uh, – received a lot of funding from the federal government uh, because of this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so I just know through Leadership Gwinnett, through my involvement in various nonprofits in the county, that there's definitely been a move toward the county taking over a lot of the social services, the social safety net, you might say. And so that's a concern that that there's like an expansion of social services and, and trying to put themselves into that homeless conversation or people that 
and we don't see a lot of homeless on the streets, but we see um, the county considers anyone staying in a, an extended stay at a hotel as a homeless person. And um, so they're trying to overcome that problem. But exactly how are they going to expand our social services in Gwinnett County? And uh, I don't think that the county should put itself in that place, that I, I think we should lean on our robust nonprofit networks that we have, which are extremely well run. And so if it's just because it's a case of a, a bunch of federal money coming into Gwinnett County and we need to spend it and, and help people that are still hurting from the pandemic, then uh, as a commissioner, I would be, my focus would be to get us back out of that and push it back towards the nonprofits, supporting them if they need to grow a little bit. Because, you know, Gwinnett County is growing. Our, our problems grow with our, our county. Mm -hmm. And so it's how do you address that? But as a business person, I would say we've already got this whole structure of nonprofits out there. Can they fill that space and just get the government back out of the social services. Well, one of the biggest problems that I've seen over my lifetime is when the government gets involved in the social services, mm -hmm. they don't get out. Right. It becomes an expectation. It becomes an entitlement. Mm -hmm. And people don't want to give it up. Right. Government gets too much in the business of giving um, a handout instead of mm -hmm. a hand up. Right. And that's what your nonprofits try to do is they try to help people out of that situation. Yeah, say um, Melanie Connor over at Rainbow Village in right. Duluth, and you've got Maureen Corkanoa right. at uh, she does Home of great. Hope. You know, those are two great models that the county could say, okay, let's say if they can't build it up big enough, then let's find a new executive director for a new group. But I just think the government shouldn't be there because, like you said, um, those organizations exist to help that person, give them the studies that they need, give them the financial literacy, uh, the you know, just to, to get out of it. Yeah, to get out of it, to help them through that uh, chapter in their life and mm -hmm. overcome that problem. And government, generally, when they do that, they tend to want to keep them there because mm -hmm. that's equivalent to voting and everything else. You know, where it, it's really a negative. It, it's right. a serious negative. Right. And, and that's, you know, something our county, as it grows, we got to get out of that. Right. I, I totally agree with you. Right. The... Um, now, what are the boundaries of District 4? I think people that would help some of these people that are listening and on mm -hmm. a future broadcast what it is. Right. That's one of the challenges I have in my run is because you don't know. It's, it's no, I'm just all, kidding. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's all new. Um, yeah, they have changed. They've changed substantially. Yeah. So d the new District 4, uh, think of it as the um, catty corner from the Gwinnett Medical Center, now Northside Medical at uh, mm -hmm. There's a Home Depot there at 316, 120, and Lawrenceville Swanee Road. There's right. that Home Depot. That's Think of that the, as a southernmost point. So if we go northwest into Swanee, once it goes to Swanee Town Center up Lawrenceville Swanee Road, mm -hmm. you, you would turn left and go south on Buford Highway down to McGinnis Ferry Road. Mm -hmm. And then that, you'd turn right and go to the Chattahoochee River. Then you would uh, follow the uh, Gwinnett County border all the way up to, say, Buford Dam, and then down over to Chateau Alon and then down to uh, almost to 316, just to the east of Decula. That's a big district. It's huge. It's a, larger than a Senate district, larger than a congressional district. It has um, 225 to 230,000 people in it. And then uh, it does go north of the Decula city limits, so it doesn't go exactly down 316, but essentially down 316 back to that Home Depot. Just west of it? 
of tequila of, well of 316 i mean not west of it be north of, north of it yeah everything north of 316 um but once it gets by tequila it actually does take this uh the precinct goes above the city limits of tequila so it's not actually the city limits of tequila mm-hmm. And then over to Auburn, all the way up, follows that line. That is a very big district. Yeah, so it's going to take a lot of signs and a lot of money to run. You know, that was one of my arguments for, and, and again, going back to the people over politics, you know, there was an, a debate about adding a couple of extra commission districts because it is so big that it's not really achievable for the average citizen to run for a commissioner. You, you would, it, it's just such a big district that um, I was saying it's out of reach for the average citizen. And uh, fortunately, I've been blessed with, with my business in a, in a way in contacts to where I'll be able to raise the money to, to get out there. That's why I did that. One of the things that uh, the commission has done or the county has done is to purchase that big area around the Gwinnett Place Mall, mm-hmm. which I'm so glad they got it away from Moonbeam. Maybe we can finally, eventually, hopefully get something developed. Right. What are your thoughts on that? Well, when that place mall, the mall itself. Right. So they they've got a couple of studies that they've pushed out for that and uh, so they're waiting to get those studies back, but I would say that you know, that wasn't just an overnight decision to buy that mall and uh, I'm actually quite surprised that we're behind the eight ball in getting that place redeveloped. Amen. You know, that should have been done 2 years ago, you know, and here we are finally we're still waiting for the study to come back and when it does come back, you know, how exactly are they going to interpret that? Will the study still be current? I mean, it, if it takes so long to do. Yeah, exactly. So I'm a little disappointed in, in our current commissioners for why they're still figuring that out. But in any case, when those studies do come back, we've got to be able to make some good logical decisions on how that's going to be developed. And it seems like um, they're asking for input from every community member, which is fine on the surface. But also, sometimes, you know, decisions have to be made. The analysis um, paralysis. Exactly. I mean, it's like, come on, people. You got Cobb County's got that new, uh, you know, stadium. Mm-hmm. North Fulton's got all kinds of development going on. And, and over here, it's, it's analysis by paralysis. Well, Gwinnett Place Mall is based, I, well, we do a patrol in that area. And I've, you know, been down there for years. That is basically the heart of Gwinnett. I mean, it's right, right there. That's just the, where the heartbeat is. There's more stuff around the Gwinnett Place mm-hmm. CID and that involvement there uh, in that area as far as business, life. I mean, it, that is the heartbeat. Yeah. And for that to develop, uh, we could put the Mall of Georgia to shame, as a matter of fact, if you really develop yeah. that area because there is – I mean, you can't ask Pleasant Hill, the, the expressway. You're right there in the middle of it. Right. It's it's a it's a prime all the arteries go right through there, you know. Oh yeah. It could be another big transformational um iconic. It could be park. an Avalon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh something of that nature. Exactly. And so it seems like um when they did put that study out, I was actually very concerned because here one of the things that I talked about at my, my campaign kickoff last week was how I think Gwinnett County is very transparent and you can look at all their agendas, you can watch, you know, all their past meetings. I mean, you can really get down into the weeds. I think they have, Gwinnett County has great transparency in government, but the problem we have, I think, is that we don't have enough um, news sources that actually cover all that stuff. So like 
there was an article that came out that they awarded that contract, but nowhere in the article did it say that it was the highest bidder. You know, they they didn't talk about what their their uh, reasons for choosing that contractor and why they went with the highest bidder. You know, they there it's almost like the questions aren't being asked or they're not being reported. You know, and so I just think that our county really needs a more thorough public source of information. They need to get it thoroughly vetted. Yeah. And hiding behind of the non-transmission of, ev- of uh, communications is not a good way mm-hmm. to do it. Right. And so what I'm trying to get to is that sometimes it makes you wonder if the contractors that won- win some of these bids aren't done on purpose, you know? And so it's almost like they want to, they want to know what the answer is before they even ask it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why, why I say that I need to be on that commission board as that, that uh, business-minded, conservative voice that can make the arguments for some of the stuff that they're trying to put into this new development and that it really should be about the community and also about commerce and about, you know, keeping the small businesses coming into that area and growing. You know, we you talked know. about it before we went on that, you know, bringing big business and all that kind of stuff is great for the county, but where your county's lifeblood flows is your small business. Exactly. Yeah, it may not make the headlines, you know, the big business when, uh, say, Partnership Gwinnett brings in some new huge company, or like we have Rowan that's going to be coming in out there near Auburn and Tequila. Right. You know, and all these things are good, but, uh, I mean, they won't even come even close to the impact of small business. And so... Totally get it. Yeah. One last question for you. What is your platform for your candidacy? Well, my big thing that I noticed, even in Leadership Gwinnett, was that they they kind of follow the same model of the first heating air, air company that I worked for when I came to Georgia. Uh, so I won't say what the name of the company is, but they, they had this business model where you hire guys straight out of tech school so that you don't have to pay them much. And then you know that within two or three years, they're going to be gone. And you just constantly churn through the new guys because you know you're going to have you're not going to spend as much money on on the in, on their salaries, right? Mm-hmm. On, on their hourly rate. Well, it seems like Gwinnett County Police does the same thing. It's uh, when I was at Gwinnett Tech, they had a great criminal justice program over there, and in fact, the guy that I rode f- with for the day was a graduate of Gwinnett Tech, and uh, and recently I had somebody take out my mailbox. They got an um, went out of control, and the police came. Just this was probably about a couple of months ago. And they told me the same thing is still going on where pretty much everybody just works there a couple of years and then they go and work for Barrow County or Hall County or just local ones because Gwinnett County is known to have the best training of any county. But why don't they pay? You know, I I knew when I started my company that I didn't want to have that business model. I want to be able to pay the guys the best so that I don't have all the turnover. You know, that was... That was one of the things. If you stayed at any of these companies for more than three years, you were in the top seniority of, of the thing. But you were you knew you could make more money if you just left and went somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I don't think Gwinnett County should be doing that. We should pay our guys what they need to be paid so they don't jump all over the place. And we can get some good tenured police officers that are experienced that don't make basic mistakes and, and know, know their communities, know the people in the community, and they serve us better. Well, that was the same way you know, I'm a, I went through the city of Atlanta a lot of years ago. But, um, you know, it's always been known to have one of the top uh, academies. Uh, people would go there. Uh-huh. They would go to the Atlanta Police Academy. Then the first thing you know, they'd be here a year or two years. 
and they're out the same where else just like what's happening now because right. it has the county here in Gwinnett has advanced so much on their training it's just it's an awesome training facility right in curriculum yeah and so so getting on top of that and um keeping down crime we, we recently had um one of our catalytic converters stole out of one of our spare vans at the office you know we've had some break-ins it's like we we need to actually have good solid police force and at that time they needed 800 officers and they were like um at that time this is again going back in 2017 they were 160 short at that time if my they're if still my they're still short yeah and so that's a big problem that I think that needs to be fixed. Well, and we've got to have, in order to do that, there's going to have to be a change in the support system behind them. Mm-hmm. Because right now, uh, people don't want to go into that field because they're not supported. Right. And I used to tell the people that worked for me when I was working with the police department that, you know, back when I worked there in the beginning, you know, they would tell you you have a target on your back from the bad guy. Mm-hmm. By the time I left, and especially today, you've got a target on your back by the good and the bad guys. So you've got to, I mean, people just get tired of it. They get burned real quick. Mm-hmm. Matthew, I appreciate you being here. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much. I wish you all the luck in District 4. Thank you. We need some good conservative voices out there. And some, even more important, some good business voices out there helping us run our county. Because yeah. that's a business. Yes, it is. And if people don't focus on it as a business, you lose all perspective of where we're going as we grow. Exactly. Now, if somebody wants to get involved in your campaign or help you out or anything, how do they get in touch with you? So our website is www.matthewforgwinnett.com. And uh, just go on there, and there's three different ways. You know, you can sign up to um, be a a door knocker or, you know, to – have a sign out at your place to donate there's uh, all the different ways you can help right on our website and you don't have to live in that district to put you know to help that's right so yeah well i want to tell you everybody thank you for joining us on case in point presented on parrot by paradigm security services and in part by sosby's garage be sure to join us for the live broadcast every other wednesday at 11:30 a.m here on business radio x if you miss the live broadcast no worries. You can enjoy the show anytime you want to by visiting Gwinnett Business Radio X, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on, of course, Case in Point. This program is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, really wherever you enjoy your favorite podcast. It's on a many, many streams. Please be sure to subscribe to that uh, Case in Point by hitting that subscribe button on there so you don't miss on any of our future episodes. For my guests, Matthew Holtkamp and my producer, Mike. Remember, I'm Rick Strawn. And remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets. 